Hey guys, welcome to the Bag and Boardcast, episode number 489. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week, except for mm-hmm. comic book con news. We're going to talk about that later. <laughs> uh, and then it's our list of the books that we are looking forward to coming out uh, August 3rd, 2022. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic, which is going to be the Comic-Con news, as all said before. What? Because, guys, Comic-Con was this past week, and, man, Marvel has a lot of stuff they wanted to tell you about. DC had a couple things you already knew about. That's it. And <laughs> But we'll, we'll talk all about it. You'll hear about that later. Yeah. yeah, but for now, guys, it's been a while since I got together with my friends here and, and shared a beer. And, uh... I'm hey, sharing itchy, itchy, itchy. With you. So, cheers to you guys. Uh, John, what are you drinking right now? Because I actually don't know. Uh, yeah, you don't know what I'm drinking because I never told you. Uh, but I had one of my regulars um, at the beer shop come in and give me a mixed four pack of Treehouse beers, uh, which was extremely nice of him. Um, so, this is Juice Machine. Uh, this is 8.6%, 16-ounce can, and this is good, and people go crazy for the Treehouse beers, and the Treehouse beers are all excellent, but I feel like I've kind of hit that wall with those juicy New England IPAs, where when I have them, I basically go, go yeah, no, that's yep. a juicy IPA. Um, kind of much like years ago, how we used to be like, yeah, that's a Pilsner. That's a lager. And now, like, I am searching for, like, those Pilsners and lagers and those style of beers and appreciating those more. This, I can tell you, it's an excellent beer. It's juicy. Mm-hmm. It's flavorful. It drinks way too easy for being 8.2. And this was the lowest ABV Ooh. of the bunch that he gave me. Um, I went home and drank one the day he gave me it, and I sent him a picture um, and said, hey, thank you for, for these beers. Um, but yeah, I was like, I'm only going to drink one of these tonight mm-hmm. because it'll drink way too easy. I'll have that next one. It'll taste s- semi the same. And again, we'll drink way too easy. And then I've had two eight percenters in an hour and... Uh, Sometimes be running I'm, into doors. Sometimes I don't feel so great in the morning. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Paul, do you know what you're drinking now? Yeah, right now I'm drinking from the from the Saranac mix pack. I'm guessing this is their summer mix pack. I'm drinking their honey pills, oh. which is a pills that they say is made with honey. They're telling me that I don't taste it. I got sometimes too Nicolai Pilsner. It's uh, uh, the honeys on the in the malts, like it's a honey malt. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I, the marketing I, got me. <laughs> the marketing got me because I'm like, okay, cool, a pilsner with a honey sweetness. Yeah, that'll be great. You know, to cut that metallic like, aftertaste. Ooh, yeah. that'll be so nice and refreshing. I would say like a honey nut Cheerio. Like, yeah, I would, I'd be looking for like that. Ooh, that would be good too. Yeah, like a no, nah, none of nah. that. Just. Just Pilsner. I, I could be drinking a uh, Labatt Blue right now and uh, 
I'm not sure if I would tell the difference. I probably would because it's more flavorful than a Bat Blue. But Paul, just check check on the side of the cans. Make sure it doesn't say anything about like, hey, you just need to go grab some honey. Oh and yeah, put it and in add, here. Add, or add, just get like add your own honey. Yeah. Just get a fistful of bees, put them in the can, shake it up, and then you know, close enough. Mm-hmm. Bee brew. Bee brew. Uh, 5.3% alcohol by volume. This is out of their summer mix pack. Uh, so I have two more of those. Do those ones also have bees in them? Uh, I, I, that would be nice. Because at least then I could release them and they could pollinate the the pumpkins that Kate has growing. So we could get some more pumpkins. Nice. Chris, what are you drinking? Uh, I am actually drinking one of those, you know, juicy... Like New England style IPAs that John is swearing off now. Um, I'm not, I, John, I'm sorry. I don't mean to like offend your your taste. I didn't. I didn't realize you know you were over them. Um, so I, I have one here. It's it's called um, Sloop Brewing uh, Juice Bomb. John, have you heard this one before? I I have. Yeah, they're is this, a good. Is this a good one? They make it. They make a good beer. Is this uh, a good one? Paul and I reviews yeah. reviewed those beers like last podcast. Uh, I was surprised I found it down here. It was one of those things like when I was walking around the uh, six-pack section of my craft beer store, I saw Sloop Juice Bomb, and I was like, oh, this is kind of surprised because it's from what part of New York? I looked at the can. I believe it's like Hudson uh, Hudson Valley, uh, Albany area. Okay. So, I mean, it's not close to you guys, but it's surprising to get like a small brewery like a one-off beer down here. Like, it's kind of shocking. Um, Producer Scott was down here the other week, and we're like, obviously we went out for beers, shared some beers with him, and one of the questions that he actually had was like, so do you get any Buffalo beers down here? And I was like, funny you mention that. I get a bunch of Thin Man stuff. Like, So, you know, it's a lot of fun seeing him again. Um, it's even more fun having New York beers available down here. And I think this is a great version of that, you know, New England or they call it a Northeastern IPA that John just absolutely hates now. Um, <laughs> I, I, I see the look on his face as I take every single sip of this. Just He's brewing over there. Ah, brewing. Mm. Stewing? Um, but one, what, being. He's just being. Yeah, he's just being. Uh, but one of the things that when I sent you guys a picture of the, the case of it, John was like, Check and see when it was canned on. And it was canned on, like, April. And you were like, eh, it could be good, could be bad. And I was saying to Paul before you jumped on that, if this is a bad version of this beer, it's still really good. Like A good beer. It's still a good, like, New England juicy IPA. And if this is a lesser version of it, boy, I, I would love to try, you know, the real thing. Because this is, yeah. this is fantastic. Like, yeah. Uh, Sloop makes some really excellent, excellent beers, and they usually have great pricing on the beers that they put out. Um, but yeah, I've I've never not been happy with uh with the Sloop beer. Really, I think this was and their their Oktoberfest. I didn't like their Oktoberfest. I'm trying to. I think it was thirteen dollars for the six pack. I'm just trying to go back through like our message thread. Um, yeah. Thirteen ninety nine for a six pack, not bad. Like that's fine. Not bad. I mean, and this you're was getting it cheaper an than elevated, 
an elevated beer too. It's not just a normal beer. You're getting something a little bit. It's got a little bit more going on with it's, it. It's got that nice kind of like rindy, like bitter, with like a nice like citrus juice on the back end. Like it hits all the notes that I would want from a juicy IPA. And when we went to Yanni and I had a picnic day, and we stopped at a brewery like right outside the park, and I got their New England IPA there too, and it it was good, but it's not as good as this one. And it's just one of those styles that I know if I get it, I'm more likely than not going to enjoy it. But it's a style that seems like not a lot of people can do like the best version of it. So hats off to Sloop for doing this. Um, next time I go to the beer store, I'm going to see if there's anything else from them that's made its way down here. Uh, just in hopes. I'm so yep. going to look for that Oktoberfest, though, John. I'm just going <laughs> to drink that one in front of you, too. I'm all about the spike beers this month, guys. Ooh. August. Wait, August is spike, <laughs> August month. spike and month. I feel like I haven't given you a reason for that at all. Yeah, but sometimes I, uh... we have to make our own fun. <laughs> so, you know, this, I just chose violence. That's all. Yeah. I yeah. got to check into this. John chose the road of hating the beers uh, from New England. So, you know, we all make our choices. I don't hate them. I've just been like, it's it's hard to, it's, there's so many of them. And they're, like Chris was saying, like, there's so many average versions of them that they've just kind of become like a, it's a, it's a less of a wow factor because they all have that basic smooth juiciness. And it's every once in a while that they really like, pop and that there are just some people that do really good jobs of it and when you do a really good job john says uh yeah that's a good job at being just like every other beer so congrats on then he just makes, yeah he just makes eye contact with you as he drain pours it too he doesn't <laughs> even do you the uh the favor of jumping it in the sink he's in like the utility tub down in the basement and there's like little lint traps emptying out into it and he's just like yeah good try guys good job well, I do record the podcast in the basement. That's the closest sink. So, <laughs> talking about getting green poured, uh, that'll bring us to the news. Oh, hey, good. Hey, I like that. Nice. And uh, the Knights of the Old Republic remake, you know, highly touted a few months back, uh, announced that Aspire was going to do uh, the actual from the ground up remake of this 2003 Star Wars RPG classic, one the uh, game that put Bioware on the map for me. If it uh, wasn't for this game, I probably would never have played Mass Effect so many times. But here we are. Uh, supposedly it was going to come out later on in 2022. Maybe get pushed back. They were thinking that 2024 was probably going to be the actual release date. Uh, things didn't go so well for Aspire, though. They, they announced that this game has been put on indefinite pause. Uh, it looks like uh, Aspire went and showed a uh, demo and a vertical slice of the game to Lucas and Sony Film. And uh, right after... Vertical slice sounds like an IPA that John wouldn't like anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good That is a good name for you. That really is a good one. Thank you. Uh, The joke and the name. uh, Both... If you ever go to another brewery and they're like, hey, let's make a a juice bomb, what do you want to make? Uh, you're called Vertical Slice. I'm actually going to look and see if it actually exists. Nice. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Lucas and Sony Films must not have been too pleased, uh, our uh, Sony Studios, because they have the uh, publishing rights or whatever it is, you know, the uh, exclusive exclusivity for it because it's supposed to come out on PC and PlayStation 5. Right? Is it already PlayStation 5? Yeah. Yes. Jeez, I'm old. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Aspire came back and told its its employees that, hey, uh, we're going to pause development on this game, and we're going to look for new contracts and development <laughs> opportunities. So John, John just tried vertical slice. He did not like it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that sound was. Uh, it was I was looking at a commercial popped up, but it was like uh, beans getting poured out of a can and made that <laughs> noise. Uh, and when it did it, I went to hit the volume button and my phone popped out of my hand. And I had a very look of shock. I'm guessing you guys face. weren't that interested in the Knights of the Old Republic remake. I've never played it, but I know, again... Bioware, it's a game that you're looking forward to. And I'm assuming you're not alone in this because this is like a seminal like RPG franchise for a lot of people. So I'm kind of shocked that they're pulling the plug on it. And I don't want to, you know, talk down about Lucasfilm, but I'm sure they've put out worse games than this. So what, what about it didn't work when it seems like everything was already in place? Like it's, they should have kept like all the systems and everything. It should just, it seems like it should have just been like a, like a polish and like an HD they, remaster. They, this wasn't going to be an HD remaster, they said. Because if you go to play this game now, I think it just got re-released on the Switch. And um, it is clunky. It is turn-based oh, okay. RPG. Uh, you get into a battle and the whole game pauses. And then it's turn-based without being turn-based. So the whole game pauses and then you can give, you know, like... Uh, orders to all the people in your party, and you can unpause, and then you can pause it again real quick, and then give new orders. And it's okay. just clunk, a little clunky. It uh, it's I just think... slow in its combat. It's not that dynamic or fun. Um, it feels like a 2003 game, and it felt even clunky back in 2003 when I first played it. Um, but the story's cool, and Revan. Everybody loves Revan. Uh, at least I, I think every, the internet makes me feel, feel like everybody loves Revan. I, I think so. I think he's one of the the standouts. Like he's the Sith that I think everyone knows. That's not you know Palpatine, Vader, Maul, mm-hmm. Tyrannus, Plagueis. Like he's he's like the next Bane. the next one on the list. Yeah, uh, yeah, and Bastila Sean. You know Bastila. Um, I think is one of those people too. I think she's actually in the Old Republic series of video games as well, and Revan makes an appearance in the Old Republic as well. But um, yeah, I don't know how bad of a trailer, or maybe it just still felt clunky. Maybe they couldn't polish it enough. But I don't know. I, I'm upset that I'm not going to get to see that demo <laughs> at all. Like we got just in 2001, you know, at the PlayStation Showcase, we had that theatrical like reveal, like of mm-hmm. just like. Revan in the dark, and then the lightsaber, you know, shines on his uh, on his mask, and it's like, "Let's do the Old Republic remake coming soon." And it's like, "Yes, please give it to me now." And now I, I will never see it. So, uh, 
What other sad news do we have? John usually tells us about people dying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, the actor David Warner passed away at the age 80 uh, due to uh, <clears throat> cancer-related illness. Um, David Warner, Paul, uh, you would know that Chris would love him from the movie... <laughs> Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. He was the professor in that. Uh, he was also the voice of uh, Razo Ghoul. Um, he did tons of different voice work, um, but he was in the movie. He was, uh, he was in Tron. He was the bad guy in Tron. Um, one of my favorite movies, Time Bandits. Uh, he played Jack the Ripper in Time After Time. Like He's been in uh, he, 228 movies. Uh, as an actor or voice actor, and there's there he's in a movie that you love. Like no matter what, he's done something that you're like, oh yeah, him. Um, he was in Mary Poppins Returns. Chris, oh. you're one of your favorite uh, movies. I, I literally just pulled up his IMDb because he's it. Paul, he's in Wing Commander. Oh, you love the Freddie the Freddie Prince Junior uh, vehicle. Also, Mark Hamill was in the uh, video game series. Yeah, he's he's been in a lot of everything, a, lo- a lot of TV stuff, a lot of voice acting work. Um, Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Like, I'm just literally like scrolling through, like seeing what jumps out, and like, yeah, like he's he's been he's, everywhere. Doctor Who, like, I'm obviously, like, if you're an actor, you've probably been in Doctor Who. Um, yeah, uh, he played Old Man in uh, Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but he had a very distinct voice, um, and he was just a, a presence. He was somebody that I always liked seeing because he was in so many things that I liked. And as I said when he had passed away, like, when I read a comic book, his voice is what I hear when Rachel Ghoul is on because it Detective. was so distinct. <laughs> Detective! Uh, yeah, it just was, um, I mean, 80 years old, he lived a great life. He did 228 movies. He did. A, he continued to do a thing that he loved till uh, I think the last thing he recorded was um, an episode in 2020 of Teen Titans Go. Like he did a character that he reprised the role from Freakazoid nice. to be in Teen Titan Go. Oh, nice. So uh, yeah, he uh, he never he never really slowed down. He always continued on and. Played everything from the hero to the to a villain to the one of the greatest villains of all time. Yeah, and also, I don't remember if it was the same day or if it was the next day, but also actor Paul Sorvino passed away as well. Um, best known for, well, I mean, Goodfellas, but also The Rocketeer. And one of oh, yeah. my, my favorites, uh, Repo the Genetic Opera. <laughs> <laughs> he played, like, the father of all the terrible kids at the... Uh, at the top of Jinko. Um, but yeah, it's kind of... I'm, I'm sadder about David Warner because that's someone whose name I never actually knew. And But man, what a body of work. Oh, he was a Star Trek. He was in Undiscovered Country. As a Klingon? Yeah, he was like the Lord Chancellor. In- mm. All these motherfuckers always playing Klingons, man. <laughs> right? <laughs> if... if we just happen to be cast in Star Trek somehow, like, any of, like, the cartoons, TV shows, whatever else they got going on, uh-huh. we'd probably just be Klingons. Like, they always need Klingons. I don't get it. Or Romulans. 
Yeah. Um, Lloyd Bridges. Or not Lloyd Bridges. Um, oh, my God. Christopher Jeff, Lloyd. Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Christopher Lloyd. He was he was a Klingon. He was Klingon. Mm-hmm. Bo Bridges. Search for, in uh, Search for Spock, right? Nash Bridges. I think so. It's the one Phoebe where Waller they, Bridges. all the, the Klingons are Bridges killed. Bridges of Madison they County. It, they look, make it look like... I'm just naming Bridges somebody now. Somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like the Star Trek did or something. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? Hopefully we can end this on a high note, guys. Um, so let me just look down the news. Um, oh, the Monsters trailer came out. Crap. <laughs> uh, so we, we talked about the teaser. We talked a couple about the weeks teaser, ago. and the teaser was fun. It was in black and white, and it was basically a updated version of the original Monsters, like TV intro. Sorry, there's a police car going by right now. My ride's here. <laughs> Um, but we got the actual full length trailer and man, this, this looks campy in the wrong ways. Um, if there was someone that I would trust to do a Munsters movie, it would have been Rob Zombie because dude loves the Munsters. Like he lives in a replica of the Munsters house. Like this is something he's always wanted to do. Um, it turns out, and this is all stuff that's come out after the trailer release and there was such poor like reception of it where it turns out this version of the monsters was done on such a shoestring budget from universal's like home like pictures Uh, division it wasn't even meant for like big screen release because they're just like shuffling it off to streaming anyways um so it sounds like they just didn't invest a lot in it to begin with and it's Rob Zombie kind of working with what he was given for it and then had to kind of make that decision to go like low budget cheesy with it in hopes that that kind of is just reflective of uh, the, the budget pretty much. Is that why they Which, did it in color too? Because he didn't have the budget to actually make it look good in black and white? That I don't well, know. I think... I think if you look at the coloring of how they do it, it looks like that, like, new Munsters when they colorized yeah. it, and it has that, like, that off kind of coloring to it. Uh, I'm still going to watch it. I, it doesn't look good, but I don't know. I love the Munsters. I do really enjoy Rob Zombie. I mean, he's got some stuff that just did not resonate with me, like Lords of Salem. I haven't seen 31 yet, but... I think for the most part, he's been a little bit more hit than miss with me, and I, I, I'll give him the benefit of a doubt on this because it is something that he cares about. And it's important, like you know, it could have some heart to it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. The the trail. I don't. I it even on a shoestring budget. If you're the story is still good, it shouldn't matter if it's like not great looking so what it actually reminded me of was the rob zombie trailer that he did for grindhouse like the werewolf woman of the ss SS? it had the exact same tone as that except it was like oh that's herman and lily monster okay i don't know it just seems like grandpa's trying to stop uh lily and herman from falling in love and it's just like well that's not what the monsters are all about he doesn't like herman though Right. Yeah, Grandpa never liked him. I know, him. he never liked him, but... Where's the kids? Where's... Where's, where's everything well, else? Well, there's meant to be sequels. Uh, I, the thing is, is... Is there? I, 
I I've always enjoyed the Munsters. I wouldn't say love the Munsters. Mm-hmm. I was probably like fifty fifty Munsters or Adams Family right. fan. Um, but like the Munsters, they've always been trying to get get it back. They did that um, the Mockingbird Br- Lane. I, I did enjoy that the Brian Fuller one. I do like that a lot. Like I wish they had done a little bit more of that. Like not just have it be like the the pilot event, but like miniseries. Like just give it like a few episodes, yeah. but. I think and, uh, if that had come out now in like our current streaming yeah. world, like that probably would have had like a decent response. Um, yeah, it, it would have had legs. It would have gotten the six episode miniseries, and so kind of spinning off of with this talk about streaming stuff, kind of just piggybacking off of what we had talked about in the previous, well, not not last episode, but the one prior to that with. Uh, the zombie media with Resident Evil, it's getting like a lot of bad press right now. I watched the first episode the other night. I kind of dig it. It's not bad. Like, I think people are going into it thinking Resident Evil, expecting one thing, and it has some hits from the Resident Evil universe, like Umbrella Corporation, zombies, like Wesker, like. But it's kind of rearranged in a different like way. If it was just called Zombie World 2036, I think people would really dig it. Like, I think because it's stuck in the trappings of Resident Evil, but it's not like Chris Redfield, Jill Valentine, Leon Kennedy. Like, people are like, oh, this is bad. It's. I think it's a decent zombie show. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to watching more of it. Uh, yeah, I had one of the people at work tell me how good it was, and I it, that was yesterday and i haven't had a chance to really watch it it's uh, because i've been man. watching i've been watching train to busan because chris mentioned that it's, it's such and a good then movie. uh <laughs> and then i was just like oh, man i really want to watch that so i started watching it last night and i finished it today like it's like it is a really good zombie movie uh yeah so yeah, I, I definitely want to check out that Resident Evil. I kind of want to check out that Resident Evil movie that came out a couple years ago. Uh, even though it, that wasn't supposed to be very good either, last, but, last year. It literally just yeah. came out last year. It wasn't even that long ago. But that looked okay, too. Like Again, like they keep, you know, much like Fetch, they keep trying to make Resident Evil a thing. And I'm okay with it because they might not be great, but I always walk away from it enjoying it. Like, even if it's cheesy and bad, like those Resident Evil movies, like Afterlife, Resurrection, yeah. like they're not good, but like they're popcorn. They're, yeah, sometimes a movie can just be fun, like, and I think people lose sight of that sometimes. Wow! Yeah. See, we did we did end it on a high note. High five, guys! High five! High, high five. five! And that deserves a beer, guys. And let me tell you, Chris, you can grab your beer. I'm going to talk about my beer. Because you won't care about it. You're not going to drink it. It's uh, Saranax Blueberry Blonde. And when I crack this open, boom, boom, hit with the aroma of uh, a blueberry. And let me tell you, it's, it's a kind of a fakey blueberry, though. But it's enjoyable to drink. It's good. It's definitely a blonde ale. It's not the blueberry wheat from Ellicott Bill. This is, uh, <coughs> this is a different animal and a different, uh, it's not as earthy of a blueberry. It's more that it's kind of like blueberry muffin, yeah. like one of those cheap blueberry yeah. muffins, where it's a yeah. sprinkle, 
and it's not even a blueberry. It's just a blue sprinkle that they. It's like a it's a blue orb that's in there uh-huh. that's dyed everything around it kind of bluish. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it's a nice drinking beer. Yeah. It's not one that I go to, but if that was on tap or blueberry wheat from Ellicottville, I would probably go with the blonde. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely that fakey blueberry. But you know what? For out of this uh, right now with this uh, variety packet, I'm happy it's there. I'm happy that I have two more of these. It's not something that I would like buy a six pack of if they released it on its own. But it's like okay, cool. It's fun. It's a fun attempt at a beer. It isn't a good beer. Yeah, no. It's yeah. it's a it's a nice. It's a novel. It's a nice summer drinker. If you were at a party and you pulled that out of a cooler, you'd be like, okay, yeah, I'll have this. Yeah. Like, this is the perfect beer for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, much like mine, which is Golden Road Brewing's Guava Cart. Oh, Guava. They're guava. putting that in everything right now. Everything, man. Uh, so this is a Guava Passion Fruit Weed Ale. I've had mango. I've had men- melon. I've had pineapple, and this replaced the pineapple in their variety pack. And it's, I believe it's only in the variety pack. Um, I think because we actually picked up that variety pack because Yanni does like the the mango cart. So, yeah. And this is nice. It walks that fine line that passion fruit gives a beer where it's like enjoyable or it tastes like an armpit. Like, that's always what I've... Oh, passion fruit in, in anything has always kind of given me that. Um, but this is nice. The guava's there. It's got a little bit of that weediness beer. It's it's not bad at all. Like, I, I chalk it up to Golden Road. They got another summer drinker. Yeah, um, I I think I enjoyed that one. I could check because I probably checked into it. Um, I think I like the mango cart the most out of... Those because I've had all of those other ones, and Mango Cart is the one that kind of sticks with me the most. And I think a lot of that's just due to the fact that I'm not a fan of the actual mango fruit. I'm sure I've said this on the show before, but I like anything that's flavored with mango, especially when it comes to the beverages. Uh, and I think that's a good version of mango flavored things like that. Like especially in beer, like Mango Magnifico from Founders was fantastic. Mango. I'm okay with it Man- sometimes. Mango. I'm speaking glad. about Founders, uh, my next beer is coming from Founders. And this is the hazelnut Ooh. variant of KBS, sitting at 12%. Um, Founders, one of my all-time favorite breweries. KBS, one of my all-time favorite beers. So I'm always excited to try like one of the different takes on it. And I think the hazelnut is one of the better hazelnut beers that I've had hmm. um, outside of like the hazelnut brown uh, from Rogue. Yeah, that's a good, uh, it's a good brown. This long this time is, since I've had it. It's been man. a long time. I don't even know if they make it anymore, but this is a great version of KBS because it definitely has that hazelnut on it, but it's not overpowering. Just that nice sweetness that you get from like that, like that bourbon barrel, um, it's still nice. It's very drinkable. Shockingly, at twelve percent, um, it's so smooth. It's it's delightful. And had like that right amount of like hazelnut on the back end there. Um, 
Paul, as the uh, the Forever Rachel guy on the show, have you had this yet? No, because we've talked about it, and this is why uh, we've talked about Forever Rachel on the show, is I keep on thinking, I don't actually like hazelnut. I don't think I actually like the flavor of hazelnut. I, I think every time I tried it, I'm like, you know what? It's just not for me. Uh, so I saw it on the shelf, and I'm like, ooh, KBS, what, what variety is it? Ooh, hazelnut. Mm, for that price, I don't want to take a flyer on it. You know, I didn't want to bite the bullet. Yeah, it's a KBS, so it does have a little bit of a premium associated with it. Um, this isn't just the bare-bones basic version of KBS that's available year-round now. This is limited release. It's part of their barrel series. But I think if you find, like, a bottle of it somewhere, like, in a craft-your-own-pack, yeah. oh, or, yeah. like, if you're able to buy a single, like, grab one to get oh, a yeah. shot, because I had one of these the night that I got it home, and then I've been pacing myself every <clears throat> other night since, trying to save this one to have tonight for the show, because it's just, it's so smooth, and it's, like, the right amount of richness and nuttiness. Like, it's it's a great balance of everything that you would expect it to be what if i've recently tried nutella and i realized that i don't like nutella i never liked nutella and it's i had okay. i had like, this beer and i enjoyed it oh um i'm not a big hazelnut fan either uh but paul i think i i bought a four pack of that and i have three of the bottles kicking around so i would gladly give you one. Oh well then i i would gladly drink one from you <laughs> Hey, cheers. Cheers. But what are you drinking, Paul? Or did you already do your beer when I was doing my beer? I already did my beer. Okay. What was it? I didn't hear. It was the uh, Saranac uh, Blueberry Blonde. It's very artificial blueberry, which can be fun. And it's a fun elephant. It can can be. Um, Paul, I'm sorry I missed your beer. I'll make sure I don't miss the comic book, though, that you're looking forward to coming out this week, August 3rd. Oh, guess what? On August 3rd? There is no bigger champion than the new champion of Shazam, uh, number one, coming out from DC Comics. That's right. Mary Bromfeld is getting her own comic book. That's right. Mary Marvel is going to get uh, her own number one of four, uh, written by Jose Campbell, (laughs) art by Evan Shaner. And uh, it just, you know, from the cover, it just looks like like a nice comic book of a comic book. You know, it looks... Like, it's going to be just some comic book fun. So, this is uh, her first miniseries, solo miniseries, and she's not like a mistress of the granny goodness or anything. It's 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 Mary Marvel just being Mary Marvel, which is oh, okay, which will be fun. I'm not changing my pick, but I just realized Poison Ivy number three is coming out. Sweet, mm. too. I'm mm. really digging that book a lot, too. Did you pick up two yet? I did. I like it. It's, yeah, it's it's really good. Oh, the artist's full name is Evan Doc Shaner. He did uh, Strange Adventures, and uh, so yeah, I'm just looking for just a fun, over the top, you know, Shazammy kind of book, and I'm hoping that's what this is. So, John, what book are you looking forward to? We'll give Chris some time to whether or not he wants to pick his honorable. Mention. Oh no, I'm <clears throat> I'm not I'm not changing it. I'm I'm going with what I got to go with. Uh, I'm going with Batman colon White Knight presents dash the Red Hood number one. And this is spinning out of Batman the White Knight um, with the miniseries that is happening right now. Um, And this is going to tell Jason Todd's story 
within this world that uh, Sean Murphy has created. Sean Murphy is credited as a writer, but I think it's because he created the character. But the writer of this book is going to be Clay McCormick, and art by Simon DeMeo. DeMeo? DeMeo? Um, yeah. I'm... I've... Since I had us read that first trade for a trade in policy, I've been a fan and hooked on the Batman White Knight stuff. So, yeah, I gladly picked this up. So now that I've been actually going to a real comic book store again and buying books physically, I didn't realize that the Black Label stuff, when you get it at a comic book store, is actually like, it's a bigger format book. Yeah. And I think... John, you had mentioned that before. Like, it's not just like, you know, prestige format. It's like a little bit like wider. Like the pages are expanded out a little bit. I I don't know I, if I want to start picking this up, but for like, how it's much I like... enjoyed everything else that you've brought to the table for us, I I might. Um, is this going to be just like a one shot, or is this going to be like a mini series? Okay. Um. It, okay, it looks like it, it is because I can click and see like issue number two. Um. Mm. We'll we'll talk. We'll talk, John. Uh there's a new Robin on the cover too. He's got like his own Robin. She's got like a bow and arrow. That's kind of. Uh, I did pick up on uh on Comicsology though the black label book, the Zantana, like the something of. The Jewel of Grace. The Jewel of Gravesend. Yanni just bought that trade paperback today at the comic book store. And I was like, and I, I just flipped through it, and I'm like, oh. Oh, this is very, like, cutesy anime, not Santana at all. Like, so I am, I I, I am, I, I don't know if I'm going to actually enjoy that nine ninety nine that I, I, um, I spent, so. Who just, knows? You just might saying like that it. not um, all lock, black label books are the same, or. <laughs> Because I'm like, wait a second, this looks like more pre-teen, I, like early teen. I don't like, know if look. that's officially a black label book, because I know when Yanni picked it up, it does say, like, young adults on the back cover. Oh, okay, I thought it was a black label just because of the the way like, it looked. You no, know, she, she bought it because she's actually a fan of the artist, like, she has a couple prints Oh, nice. From her, and like when we were walking around, she's like, she was cashing out Jacqueline for the uh, Jacqueline the Lion. Leon? I Leon? don't know the artist's name, but possibly. Um, well, that's the artist with that's who's credited for art with uh, Sam Latvi uh, on this book. She was cashing out for something else, and like she literally saw the trade on the shelf, and she told the girl at the register, "Like, wait a second and like ran across the store to get it. Um, Paul, I'm I'm okay with reading it with you. Yeah, um, or. Well, however we want to work it, like so we can still talk about it. Not for it's a show or anything, but just as friends because yeah, as we're friends, friends that like comic books. Yeah, it's one hundred ninety-seven uh, pages for ten dollars, and I bought it this week because I was only buying Ant Man, and I'm like, oh, I'll give this. You know, I've always liked the character of Santana. I think Santana is a better fit for Batman than any other character. I'll say that that's the relationship I ship. Right, I ship yeah, Batman and Santana. That's how that let's use, yeah. I'm a Batana. Is that their ship name? Batana? 
I would I would assume so. That sounds yeah, yeah. that sounds right. Um, just because I like the dynamic that he's very logical, and then she does all the with the mystic, and just talks backwards and makes anything happen, and that is so <clears> illogical. <throat> I just like the that sounds. And they're both heroes, unlike a certain cat themed person. <laughs> Never worked, Batman. Come on. I know you enjoy locking her up and putting her in handcuffs. That's your own personal kink. It'll never work. But it'll she's never work. she's a thing with a penguin because I read that Gotham <laughs> anniversary villains issue where Danny DeVito is like, eh, "Can't open in the penguin." She's my whore wife. <laughs> Anyways, Ugh. always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, like it. that's why he's saying, "Oh, um, uh, my book is." Again, I'm excited for Poison Ivy coming out, but we're getting a new Asriel miniseries. So I'm actually looking forward to Sword of Asriel, Dark Knight of the Soul, number one. And this is actually... Let's go. I saw that and I sent it to you to say, hey, did you know this was coming out? Batman Urban Legends uh, comic. So this is issues 8 through 10 in one volume that's actually leading into the new Sword of Asriel, like six-issue miniseries that's coming out. And this was the book that when I went to my comic book store today and I was catching, I was like, hey, I need my books for the week. But then also I want to add something else to my pull list because I am 90s trash and I love me some Asriel. So I will be buying this book and I cannot wait. Uh, Written by Dan Waters, art by Nicola Zmeza. Yeah, it's an Asriel book. Let's go. Man. Yeah. And I was like, already locked in. You know, with all these like different like wild takes on these characters, I'm surprised there hasn't been a uh, shield of Azrael. Shield of the Bat that has come out yet, you know? Mm. Just saying. Azrael, Shield of the Bat. Mm. Just saying. Just saying. I don't know. I don't know. I know. But maybe the- they announced it at uh, Comic Con. I, I might I be. I might be sleeping on this Batman Urban Legends series because it's been going on for a while, but it's basically like an anthology where every couple issues is a new arc and each one's focusing on a different member of the Bat family because there was a Tim Drake issue or like a collection that came out a couple weeks ago that I didn't have a chance to grab, but that was also from... Uh, Batman Urban Legends. It was like two or three issues of that. So, I don't know. I don't buy any Batman books currently, but maybe this would be the Batman book to get because it's it's what we like. It's, it's an right. anthology. Like, but that's that's exactly my problem with the Batman books right now is that there's so many of them. There's Batman Fortress. There's Batman Urban mm-hmm. Legends. There's Batman The White Knight. There's Batman... I don't... I know who, who Batman the White Knight is only because Johnny made us. You, you had us read that. You didn't make us. You you had us read and thank you for it. The, that White Knight book, but that first page and the first couple pages of that White Knight, I was like, I'm not going to enjoy this at all. It took me until the very end of the book for it to win me over. So, and that's how a lot of these Batman books are right now, where I just am like so afraid to even like pony up the money on them that. I, I'm just skipping over Batman. I see Batman I, and I'm like, skip. I Can't. loved Batman when um, Scott Snyder was writing it. Like, it was fantastic. <laughs> and then 
kind of fell off when it started doing like the like the metal stuff that happened a few years ago like just took me out of it because it was kind of like tying into like other miniseries that I wasn't going to be picking up but at that point detective comics was my batman book it was a bat family book you know i i was there for it but it was coming out every other week and it was i think it was 3.99 and i was like for how i was buying and reading comic books at that time it was one of the things where it's like, oh, let me go buy the back issues of Detective Comics. Oh, I've missed 12 issues. They're all still three ninety nine. Uh, I would rather just spend the 15 bucks on the books that I want to get, like Runaways and everything else. I'll, I'll get Detective Comics when it goes on sale. And then it never did. And at this point now, it's been like two and a half, three years since I did buy it. So Detective Comics is pretty much dead to me now because I have to invest in that back catalog. I'm I'm not going to do that now. Um, Batman Urban Legends is only like 12 issues in at this point, and if I pick up this uh, Azrael book and I can find the Robin one, I basically have half the series there, so there's not a big barrier to entry. And then also anthologies, Todd. Like, I'm, I'm getting characters that I also like in it, so... And you can pick and choose. The next one might be a character you're not interested in, and then you just watch till the next one happens. Yeah. So, yeah. I totally understand that. What I also understand are dramatic readings. And now, a dramatic reading from House of X, or House of Ten. Page two, panel three. Hey! 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 X Men, to me, my X Men, to me, X Men. And that was an improv dramatic reading of House of Ten or House of X, page two, panel three. I haven't looked at I am, the panel. I embellished. I'm it's, it's not that. It's not that. I embellished. <laughs> it. it it brought my significant other up from the other room. I apologize <laughs> to everyone else in my apartment building. I I know we read this book. Because that's the younger Professor Xavier now, right? The one that's walking around with Cerebro on him? Or yeah. is it when it was Cyclops, like, walking around? I don't remember anything anymore. That's, that's Professor X with the Guys, uh, Cerebro on his head. Yeah. I know I said I was going to start picking up the X-Men books because it was so, like, consolidated and, like, Wow, you know, it, it got big. I picked up the Avengers X-Men uh, Eternals book, the Judgment uh-huh. Day that came out, like, last week or the week before, because I was like, oh, at the comic book store, this is a cool cover. Let me pick this up. As someone that hasn't been reading Avengers X-Men or Eternals, I was like, I have no idea what's going on, but <laughs> it seems like they're re- trying to hit the reset button on all of these titles right now, and this is going to be the series that does it because they need to hit a reset. It's a, it's a great looking book, but man, is it dense! Yeah, the I, I think what Jonathan Hickman was originally trying to do with that X Men book and restart that world and bring all mm-hmm. those characters, I think would have been better to have slowly walked with those books, but they just were like. Boom, Croatia this, Croatia that. Boom, this group, this group, this group, this group, this group. 
do it all. Guess what? It's over. Doesn't matter. You killed him? Doesn't matter. Did this? Doesn't matter. You want swords? We got X of them. Yeah. Yeah. We got that's ten another, of them. That's another series. How many lives of Wolverine do we have? We got ten. I've, I've heard it ten. both ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it seems like it spiraled real quick. And yeah. That Marvel always does that, and that's like their biggest failing is like they have such a great idea and then things build so much like spitting out of that, that then they're like, well, now we got to cull the fat again. Like, and it just, man, that's a lot. Yeah. It seemed yeah. like, yeah, that Jason Aaron or just Jonathan Hickman run should have been, Hey, we need to reset everything. We need to get those time traveling X-Men out of here. And have just the X-Men X-Men. Oh, but we killed most of them. How do we bring them back? Oh, this is how we're going to bring them back. And then they needed to, like, have Corruption get destroyed. So they couldn't just keep on bringing them back. Because right now, I've said it before, and I'll say it here again. They're the Eternals. They're, that's all they are. Because they can constantly get resurrected. They're just fighting who even knows. And... It just doesn't matter. It just there's no stakes. No, there isn't. And it's also like, it's oh, remember that one X Men that everybody thought was a fan favorite that appeared in that one book? Well, he's in this book, and he's the guy that wakes everybody up when they get hatched out of their egg. And it's like, ooh, Cipher, he's back. I I do think we're gonna have a lot of those ancillary X characters get cut again because even in Judgment Day number one there's a moment where like Wolverine's walking like down the beach on the island and like he's passing by another mutant he's like oh you're not gonna go play volleyball I want to see what gold balls is gonna do with everything and he's like that's not me I'm so and so and Wolverine's just like whatever (laughs) I don't don't know you I, I think they've hit that critical mass where we're hitting like no more mutants again because yeah, the ninety-seven or the one ninety-eight, one ninety-eight, the one ninety-eight. Oh, way off. Uh, and I, I just recently one ninety-seven, one ninety-eight. Oh man, I'm way off. <laughs> <laughs> that, that one mutant You're matters. Off by one. Well, you know, I want to give myself credit, partial credit. Uh, off by one, off by a hundred, man. It doesn't matter. Um. Getting kind of getting into our main topic, and I'm going to slowly devolve into it because uh, Chris and I were talking about it before the show and before you were on. I finally watched Multiverse of Madness, mm. and uh, I watch it with caption on because I'm old, and you know, no, you, you can't hear dialogue anymore. You just can't. Um, and when Professor spoilers, guys, for Multiverse of Madness, it's on Disney Plus. Even I've seen it, so you know. <laughs> There you go. Spoilers. Uh, when Professor Xavier rolls out or floats on out, they actually call out the theme in the captions X Men 92 theme. Like from the cartoon series. And then apparently, spoilers for Ms. Marvel, they also call out that same music at the end of Ms. Marvel uh, with the scene. So I'm just saying, Marvel, 
knows, Marvel Cinematic Universe knows that the touch, the cultural touchstone for the X-Men is that cartoon series. They're, I mean, they're doing the sequel. I mean, during Comic-Con, they released some of the concept art for yeah. it. Like, or X-Men 97, and we're getting the comic book, House of X, C-I-D. House of Charlie XCX. Yeah. House of <laughs> X-Men 92. So, it's it's like one of those things, like, when will the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the rest of... And as soon as Marvel Cinematic goes that way, the comics are going to go that way. It's just how things go now. Are we going to get back to just the X-Men from the 90s again? Well, they already did it. They did the blue and gold books where they brought those car- they brought those teams back. They've already done it in the comic books. And X Red, X Men Red. No, I mean now and just stick with it instead of this whole Croatia thing and Paul, you were the Croatia you were the Croatia fanboy. I wasn't. Then it went on too long. <laughs> it went on way too long. I I think stuff like this, like I think like Chris was saying was like that judgment, like I think that is maybe the end because it's been around for what five years. Yeah, the Croatia stuff. It's been that Krakow- long. Krakoa. Krakoa. Yeah, Croatia is an actual <laughs> country. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's. I, I I think it's it's about to hit its re its reboot, and I think it's definitely going to hit its reboot because they're talking about bringing the. Mutants into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so I think that is going to be where they're going to need that reset button on the X Men comic books. Yeah, but you know, we've heard big talk before about how Phase Four was going to introduce, you know, like the Fantastic Four, and now here at Com- and let's get right into the uh, yeah. right into Helter Skelter, the uh, the conventional wisdom that we're going to bring to people. That's right, I said it. Conventional <laughs> wisdom from Comic Con. Uh, with the uh, big, the big announcement. Let's go. I think should we start there at the Marvel MLH, or do we want to talk about Marvel Animation? Do we want so, to talk about DC? I am just I, vamping until John gets back. Really, no, it's okay because I, when I was writing down everything that they had announced at Comic Con, like it's predominantly. Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff. And some of it was like announcements because it's things that we had been told about before, but they didn't even announce release dates. They gave like release windows for some of the stuff. Um, right. And then, I mean, of course, they did show off and announce some new things. So I don't want to take away yeah. like everything from them, but I'm. I'm okay if we want to like end on all of the Marvel stuff okay. because that's like okay. the bulk of it. Because I kind of like I set up at the front. Surprisingly, DC and Warner Brothers did have a presence at San Diego Comic Con. They but didn't the, have a booth. No booth for DC. But they just then, did panels. They did panels, but then they also showed off some stuff from Black Adam, and then we actually got the Shazam: Fury of the Gods trailer mm-hmm. but then nothing else from anything else that they're working on because i don't know if they've realized that they don't 
everything else is kind of problematic because it's Ezra Miller in The Flash and then it's Amber Heard in Aquaman 2 and it's like how do you still try to sell that to people? Mm-hmm. Which You get uh, Dwayne Johnson up on a podium in his Black Adam suit. Which and cool. Like, like, the hierarchy of the DC universe is going to change. I... I've, and then he said, can you smell what the Black Adam's cooking? I feel like... Did he actually say that? No, but he did actually say that the hierarchy but of that's, the DC universe is going to change. That's been the tagline for Black Adam for, I think, four years now? Since the first DC fandom. Like, they, they said that. And anytime they officially talk about Black Adam, they say that now. Yeah. And I hats off to whatever like promotion or like PR company came up with that because that's like the official logline for everything. It's like, well, the hierarchy is not changing because everybody else that you have in that universe is pretty much gone now because people were surmising and supposing that Henry Cavill was going to yeah. come back out and they're going to be like, oh, Superman's back. No. Not a thing. It's literally Black Adam and Shazam is what they're hyping up now. And we're going to get Aquaman 2. We're going to get The Flash because those movies are already done. Like, mm-hmm. they're in the can. They're ready to go. But DC's in like such a weird spot right now that they can't do anything with them. And I think this is just like a bigger Warner Brothers problem because they kind of ran into the same issue over with the uh, the Crimes of Grindelwald. Or not Crimes of... Yeah, that yeah. was the second one because Johnny Depp was in it. And then the third one, like The Secrets of Dumbledore, like, well, Ezra Miller's in that one too. Like, Warner Brothers is just having a bad time, guys. Yeah, but they could have highlighted the things that have done well. I know Wonder Woman 84 didn't do well as well in the theaters as they kind of It hoped. didn't come out in theaters. It yeah, it, that, that was that was pandemic. It's, that was straight to streaming, what, Christmas Eve it came out on? Oh, or Christmas, Christmas or Thanksgiving. Day? I can't... Oh, well, maybe it was Christmas. I, don't, I can't remember because we just... It was one of those things like we were... It must have been Christmas because we were off from work and we're like, hey, let's, let's watch Wonder Woman. And I heard yeah. it wasn't that well received by critics. I still haven't seen it. Um, you don't need I've to see it. Yeah, it's... It, yeah. Like one of those things. So I thought maybe they could circle the wagons with Comic Con and be like, guys, guess what? Wonder Woman's coming back. It's going to be better than before. You know, because that first Wonder Woman movie was really strong. Good. It's good. So get back to basics with Wonder Woman. You know? And no announcements for Wonder Woman. Uh, They talked, I think, about. Did they? Yeah, they must have talked about Harley Quinn season three because I've been seeing trailers for Harley Quinn season three. And that's doing well for them. But but and that's a delightful show. Like definitely much more mature audiences. Like it doesn't have like the the wide appeal like a uh, movie is going to. Harley Quinn's fantastic. Look, it's it's a great cartoon. And it's really good. And you guys love the uh, suicide, the uh, James Gunn um, American Warrior. Uh, John, I can't see his face. I don't know where he is. So we loved Suicide Squad and we loved Peacemaker. Um, Peacemaker. They are going to be doing more of that, which 
I was way again off. was was mentioned, but nothing nothing solid on that. There's also like supposedly like an Amanda Waller show, which cool, but again, not a lot about that. Black Adam, like they've been selling us this movie for ten years now, or at least Dwayne Johnson's been selling it mm-hmm. to us for ten years now. Yeah, I'll I'll see this one. Like this is a movie that I will check out. I'm not uber excited for it. I'm gonna check it out. But I loved Shazam, and I was excited to see the Shazam trailer and the fact that they are kind of keeping that tone from the first one. Yeah, because it worked so well. Like. Maybe I'm a Shazam stan. I don't know. Like, because I don't read the comics, but Zachary Levi, I think, is perfect in this role, and I'm amped for Fury of the Gods. All I know is from this trailer, I don't feel like I need to watch that first movie. I think I can get caught up I, on seeing the second one, just jumping right in. But I, I think do you feel could. like I need to. Hold on, Chris. Okay. But I do okay. feel Sorry. like I need to watch all the Fast and Furious movies first. Because <laughs> they, they mentioned family. <laughs> um, I think, yes, you could. I'll see jump into it even just after seeing the trailer, but I think you would really enjoy mm-hmm. the first one just because of like how fun and again, to quote Fast and the Furious, family oriented it is. Like it has what you want. Like even in our pre show pre show stuff when we were talking about Thor Love and Thunder, where you're like, Oh, well does it hit some of those like like I forget how you worded it, like the kind hearted, like the quiet moments. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember what he said. Shazam, Shazam has that, and then it's kind of undercut with a joke moments, right yeah. after. Like it, it does that. I think Shazam. Tell me on those heartfelt moments, you know, when you got me. Shazam's my favorite DC EU movie. Like it's it probably it's probably up there. It's in my top. Yeah, it's in my top couple. Like, like if I go to Target tomorrow and I'm just walking through with my shopping cart and I see Shazam's <laughs> on sale for like five bucks, I'd be like. Oh, I'm going to buy Shazam. Like, why not? Yeah, that's a good, yeah. And I I do agree that I do want to watch the first one. I just had that stupid joke in my head since watching the trailer. And I'm like, oh, I got to use that for the podcast. (laughs) That's okay, because they welcome that and they expected it, which means, yes, Paul, Shazam's the movie for you. John, Uh, thoughts on Shazam? uh, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, it's, it's one of my top DC movies. I had a lot of fun with the first one. I thought what they did with the first one, like how they kept like the the family secret, um, how they kept the the um, the seven deadly sins a secret. Like they they like I went to that theater. The movie had been out. I went to the theater and was like, "What? They did that." Like it was great. It wasn't in the trailers. So spoilers I for been... a movie that came out like four years ago. Like Mr. Mind's in the movie. Like it's yeah. it's crazy. Like they they dig deep into it. Yeah, Paul. And that's like, not even we just me, like, went, we just went over me. how I haven't seen it, and you guys are like, yeah, spoilers for a movie that came out four years ago. Came out forever, which is basically Paul, I, even us talking about it. When are you going to see this movie? Yeah. You're not going to see it tomorrow. You know what, You're John? not going to see it in two weeks. It's You're fine. not going to see it in a year. He's going to watch it tomorrow just to spite you. Honestly, <laughs> much, much, like, much like how I'm drinking this New England style IPA right now. Out <laughs> <laughs> of spite. That's right. The Saranax Cloudy Dreamed. Clouded Dream IPA. Soft, juicy, hazy. 
Indian Pale Ale. Uh, 6.8% alcohol by volume. When I saw this was in this variety pack, I'm like, hey, I know I, I like that beer. Was it last year? Was it two years ago? Couldn't remember when. But I was like pleasantly surprised that Saranac put out such a decent hazy IPA. So I'm like, I'll take a flyer on this variety pack because at least I'll have that beer again. And hey, I'm having that beer again, guys. It's it's light, it's but still delivers on that hazy promise. Six point eight. It's it's getting up there in the IPA that uh, ABV, but I don't feel it. I, or don't taste it. I'm feeling it, obviously, um, because I'm on the podcast and I'm just getting recorded my slurring. But, you know, uh, it's this is the best of the three that I've had so far. Um, blueberries, a fun novelty. Honey pills, just as depressing. But Clouded Dream is a good, hazy IPA without being... It's not big juice bomb. It's just light, refreshing. It's, just a, it's a good drinking beer. Uh, ten ninety nine for a four pack, sixteen ounce. Ten nine oh sixteen ounce. Yeah, that's that's a decent price. Ten ninety nine. I would, but I want it eight ninety nine. Yeah, but that eight ninety nine price went away back in two thousand like twelve. Like uh, I, I'm talking uh, ten that, years. I'm talking ten it, years ago. Like you uh, know, yeah. I, yesterday, I, yesterday it was uh nine ninety nine. It just went up a dollar. Uh, but yeah, but again, that's where our economy's at. All, all my beer is going up constantly. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it's it's a decent beer. They have a variety pack where you get a galaxy version of Clouded Dream, a tropical version, and oh. regular Clouded Dream in it. Yeah. Uh, they have a triple, um, a triple Clouded Dream. That's thirteen ninety nine for a four pack, and I think it's nine percent. I think I might have saw the variety pack out there. Maybe I didn't, but I I was purposely this time steering clear of the just IPA variety packs, just because it, it's hard like, to do. Yeah, just like Chris was talking about last episode, um, I was just like, you know what? I want a bunch of different beers, and now I'm realizing maybe, maybe there maybe most breweries or maybe some breweries, Saranac can't deliver on other beers uh when i was at the beer store i i walked through the aisle that had all the sampler packs in it and i did notice that boulevard brewing has a sampler pack out that has a few different styles of beer that i can't remember what was included in it but it was different beers i was like oh like when i don't have a bunch of other stuff in my cart like next time i come beer shopping like i will grab this because Eighteen ninety nine, whatever it was, I was like, "Good price for a twelve pack that I get four different beers of." Like, that's a podcast in a box. Let's go! Like, I'm there for it. Um, something else that I'm drinking though tonight though uh, is coming from Blake's Heart Cider Company, and this is their Triple Jam, and this is a cider with strawberry, blackberry, and raspberry, six point five percent ABV. Um, back at the Epcot Flower and Garden Festival. At the booth that was at the UK Pavilion, they had two different ciders. Uh, one of them, I do not remember what it was. The other one was from Blake's Hyde Cider Company, and it was a pink lemonade cider. And I got the other cider that I don't remember. Yanni got the pink lemonade cider. 
And when we were drinking them, they were like, oh my gosh, like this pink lemonade cider. It's just like opening up a plastic can of country time, <laughs> you know, putting it into your pitcher water. Fantastic. And then literally as we were sitting there, storm, crowd, storm clouds rolled in, started pouring. We ran to a closed merchandise kiosk, like kitty corner to where the booth was finished eating we drank our beers and then we're just standing there and i was like the booth's still open do you want another cider and i literally like ran across like from cover to cover and got two more of the pink lemonade ciders because it was like yeah this is that good and now when i see blake's hard cider company i'm like okay i have to try that um I had something from them at the Flower and Garden Festival when we were there the other day. Uh, don't remember what it was offhand. Check in. Hey, follow Parks and Rec on Instagram. You can see everything I drank that day. But when I went to the beer store and I saw they had 12-pack of the Triple Jam, I was like, oh, I have to get this and bring it home because I can sell this to Yanni being like, hey, it's the company that did the Pink Lemonade. And cracking it open now... It smells just like berry preserves, and it's just such a nice, light, fresh, sweet yet earthy. Like it's it's berry cider, and it doesn't taste artificial, which I was kind of expecting because you get that from a lot of berry stuff. Uh, this is fantastic. I I really dig it. I'm not a cider boy, but if I was, I would probably drink this over cider boys. Because mm. they they make ciders, they make ciders. That 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 was that was a joke for like four people, and two of them are on this podcast. <laughs> uh, and I'm drinking one of my favorite things that our neighbors to the north gave us, and that Maple is syrup. Canada Dry. Choking <laughs> <laughs> now. I've been enjoying a nice ginger ale, boys. Ooh, I like I went, the Canada Dry Bold. That's the way to go. Mm. Uh, hey, I that's made to, with real ginger. I went to the fridge, and I looked at what I had in there, and I saw I had a cold ginger ale and said, that sounds good to me. Uh, and I've enjoyed it. I keep them in there as a mixer, because sometimes I'm like, you know what, a little gingy and bourbon, that sounds yeah. like a good time. Ooh, a little uh, Kentucky Mule, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Good old ginger ale. Do we really have nothing to keep us going? I guess. I don't know. Do you want to oh. do a. Do you want to talk about barbecue real quick? <laughs> Let me write down the time at least. Now we're 10 and 26 <laughs> seconds. All right. Um, yeah. How, how did that truck look good? How did it turn out? Yeah, it came out good. It came out really good. I. I've been over-seasoning um, on some of the stuff that I've been doing, so I really scaled back. Because yeah, yeah. they're always like, ah, this is this, you can over-season, it'll, you know, it'll clean up, da 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 And then I go to eat it, and I'm like, well, this is salty. Yeah. Like well, that, I had the same problem with my ribs that I did, so. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I pulled back uh, on this. I think it needed just a little more pepper maybe a little more garlic to it. 
Uh, but no, it came out good. It had beautiful smoke ring on it. Did I did I just walk into episode number three of Barbecue Boys? <laughs> Am I getting yes. a peek behind the curtain? Oh man! Uh, this this weekend, Kate, uh, Kate's going to go grocery when go, she goes grocery shopping. She's going to pick up a uh, pork shoulder. So I'm going to do pulled pork for the very first time. Hey. I've never done pulled pork. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna do a, you know the, I, I do like just the salt and pepper uh, dry brining. You know. But that's my only stuff, yeah. you know. But with pulled pork, I think I need a little sweetness. But I might add that in with my uh, my uh, liquid, my uh, you know, because you do have to start adding liquid to pulled pork. Everybody yeah. says you do, so you can't just like not spritz it. So yeah, no, you need to do that. Um, I've seen different ways too, where they wrap it in aluminum foil, but they leave that fat cap yeah un uh, unwrapped. So the smoke um, gets into the fat, and then that fat, that smoky, renders down into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's I've I've smoked uh, pulled pork four, four times. Um, the first time, it was one of those things where it just wasn't getting there, and we finally took it off because we were like, I got a son, I got to feed him, everybody's hungry. And, like, the most satisfying thing you can have is when you're like, okay, I'm ready for that pulled pork, and you pull that bone, and it uh. just slides right out. So I was like, oh, here it goes. It, it, like, it wouldn't, uh. <laughs> wouldn't come out of the meat. And I was like, well, my pulled pork, eight hours, fuck it, it's done, this is garbage, I don't want to eat it. Uh-huh. Um, it still tasted good, but it Yeah, it wasn't. It, there. It wasn't what I wanted, um, but every time since then, I have made sure that that bone just perfectly slides out clean, and then you shred it. Yeah, yeah. Like I've seen the videos where people just pick it up in their hand and just just like they it like just squeeze it and falls. it just all falls apart on them, and it's like that's what I want. I was trying to pull the um, the chuck out of the paper, uh-huh. and I'd stick it into the meat, and then I'd pull, and it would separate. The fat would separate from all oh. the other pieces, and then it would splash <laughs> all back at me. I'm like, ah, god damn it! And then I'd do it again. I did it <laughs> twice, and I was like, I'm so stupid. All right. Well, it's not a it's not a barbecue time, boys. It's uh, a <laughs> it's big more cat time. Big more boys. That's okay. Uh, just to circle back, so. What is your preferred mix-in with the ginger ale? Like, if you have to get, like, an alcohol, what do you... Uh, okay, we're bourbon. recording again, bourbon. by the way. Bourbon. I love a good uh, gingy and bourbon. Paul? Uh, with ginger ale? Yeah, I go Moscow Mule at that point. Okay. Well, no, I do ginger beer, so it's Moscow Mule classic with mint. I only like Moscow Mules if I have fresh mint, though. Hmm. Like, I need that, like, pop of freshness. Otherwise, it's just drinking an alcoholic soda, and I might as well be drinking a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Chris, how about you? Uh, spice rum. I don't know. It's, mm, yeah, it's, spice rum is it's good. not quite dark and stormy, yeah. but it, it'll get you there. No, that's pretty much it. You're just missing like, the food coloring. I, but I like a lot more rum in my... Yeah. yeah. My stormies. And also, I don't have any kind of, like... <laughs> Lime juices or anything right now either, but you know, it's, it's a shot of rum in there. 
It is so surprising how much fresh lime juice just elevates the drink. Any drink. Like, if you just use that squeeze bottle lime juice versus an actual fresh lime, like, it's so much better. It just, it just makes it so much better. It just, just like, uh, it's just, it's just bright. like when you get a, uh, a fresh squeeze of your crisp pine in your D&D. I wanted to talk about that next. Thank you. It's literally the next thing on my list is Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Guys, this is a movie that I knew they were making, but I paid no attention to it at all. And then the trailer came out from Comic-Con, and I was like, shit, like, I want to see this. And I, I've i dabbled with you guys and, like, yeah. other friends of the show with Dungeons & Dragons. Even before, you know, we were friends with you, uh, John, you and I, we dabbled in Dungeons & Dragons, like, fresh out of high school with other friends. It's just never been a thing that latched on to me. Um, the current resurgence that we've had of Dungeons & Dragons with stuff like Critical Role, it doesn't do anything for me. Like, I try to get into it because I know it should be something I like. It just doesn't hit. Yeah. But, man. John, Chris, you, you, you take over on this trailer because I, I, I'm just going to gush and I... I can't. <laughs> Chris, you're a fan of so many fandoms, it's okay that you don't like one of them. Like, It's not that I don't like it, it's just like, I know I should like it. Yeah, no, no you don't. You don't need to like anything you don't like. Don't worry about it, buddy. But I should like it, Paul. No, no gatekeeping here. Everybody's welcome. We love you all. Uh, yeah, so you have Chris Pine pu- pulling together a team to steal back something that he had already stolen and given to the wrong person. So he's bringing in the druid. He's bringing in the barbarian. He's bringing in the pal- uh, 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 I, wanted, I was going to say Palestine, but no, paladin. Yeah. Uh, I, I think didn't watch the, the whole trailer because I saw the black, black dragon and I'm like, okay, cool. It's an actual black dragon. He's uh, not breathing I, fire. I'm cool. Like, I'll watch this movie whenever I see it. There's, like, a mimic in it, because you see someone being attacked by like, a treasure but, chest. Yeah. There's an owl bear, like, tearing people up in uh, in the woods. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's going hard. It's yeah, basically it's, what it, I would have wanted the, like, 1999, 2001, whenever it came out, Dungeons & Dragons with Jeremy Irons. This is, I think, the movie I wanted and what it should have been. And it looks great, too. But the best thing of all is Chris Pine's a bard. He's got the little like, no, he's, he's, he's got the little loot. Yeah, it looks great. Like, the special effects and everything, everything looks dynamite in it. The owl bear looks like an owl bear. The dragon looks like a dragon. Like, everything looks really good. And, um, no, I was... I knew it was coming out. I knew Chris Pine was in it, but I had 100% forgotten about it until that trailer popped up. And it's also one of those things, like, you can joke about Michelle Rodriguez getting cast in the same role as everything, like, always. Damn it, she's great at it. But no, she was made to play a warrior in the Dungeons & Dragons movie. It's like everything else in her career has been leading to this exact moment. And she got to realize the dream. Like it. Well, 
I mean, and she gets a new family too. <laughs> Paul, that's a reference to Fast and the Furious. I've seen the you first saw, Fast and Furious. You also saw the ride because we went on it in yeah. Universal. I saw a big fan of the uh, a big fan of the that uh, ride as well. But I, you, going back into the history of Dungeons and Dragons, the Bard was like one of the first like very multi class. You know, uh, he had the cleric that could do some magic, something, and some fighting. And then when the bard came out, it was like, oh, you could do whatever you want with the bard. You could be a fighter. You could be like a thief. You can do pick this and and the magic spells. He he had like the access to all the trees. So, I much like the half elf became very popular as a uh, as a choice for D and D players. Because they had all the bonuses of the elf, but also all the bonuses of being human, or being able to advance as far as human can. Um, the bard, in a similar way, since it was a multi-class before multi-classing was a thing, uh, you know, is is the reason why people to this day love the bard, even though now nowadays in modern D and D, the bard's just oh, he plays the loot and blah blah blah. Why can't he do in a fight? Back in the day, he's he was a, a badass. Support, he's a support class now, though. Like he's a support class now, yeah. but before he was a multi class. Where yeah, he could do all the fighting, the role of a fighter, plus throw in some magic via loot playing or magic playing. But he could also do like be uh, dexterous, like a uh, like a thief. So it it looks really good. Like I. I'll probably go see this in theaters. Like this is just gonna I be like on it. my like go to the AMC dine in theater, get me like a burger and like a beer, like sit down, just like have fun at a movie. Like also, the bard was one of the first classes that you couldn't just pick to be. Like at the starting, you actually had to level up in order to become a bard. Like you couldn't just start as a bard, unlike the other classes. I think it was the bard and maybe the assassin, or was hmm. the assassin a different? I'm forgetting, but I know Bard was one of the first classes. You couldn't just start as a Bard. Okay, I'm drinking up some some, and now I'm. Yeah, didn't even okay. watch the full trailer. Didn't watch the full trailer, but <laughs> but you got things to say. It's okay. Uh, got my things char- to say about D and D. The month that I played Final Fantasy, my character was a Bard because it was the same thing. Like <laughs> I started off as like the the archer class and. Like, that was, like, the next Ranger. step. Like, that was, like, the progression. Ranger was, a, Ranger? like, the one... The, uh, no, no. Ranger oh, okay. was the other class that I was thinking of that you couldn't just start as a Ranger. Like, you actually had to level up in order to become a Ranger. Um, gotcha, gotcha. Sorry. No, you're good. I I only played Final Fantasy for a month. I thought maybe I had the class wrong. Um, no, no, no. You're, you're wrong. I installed I'm, it, went to uh, start a character, and was like, nope! <laughs> I, I I did enjoy it, but it was at at that point I realized I, played, I was playing too many games. Um, I played Old Republic instead. Uh, something else that happened was the annual Eisner Awards. Uh, yeah, we had um, some of our favorites uh, grab some different awards. Um, best writer. Um, some of our favorite writers, one of mine, Ed Brubaker, uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick, um, Ram V, 
uh, and James Tinian all, um, excuse me, all uh, nominated. And James Tinian uh, won. And this is the laundry list of books that he wrote in 2022. Uh, House of Slaughter, Something is Killing the Children, Wind, the nice, uh, the nice House on the Lake, The Joker, Batman, DC Pride 2021, The Department of Truth, Blue Book, Razorblades. Just like eight different books uh, that he wrote. We read, um, I think, half those for <laughs> uh, Look Bats, too. Uh, yeah, you had like best uh, writer artist um, Barry Winslow. Winslow, no Windsor Smith, uh, one for Monsters, a book that I had never heard of, but um, uh, Superman Red uh, uh, Red and Blue was nominated um, by Daniel Warren Johnson. Best penciler, um, Wonder Woman Historia: The Amazons One Shot by Phil uh, Jimenez. That one, uh, Bruno uh, Ramoto from uh, Nightwing, Chris, um, mm. who does a smashing job. Yeah, amazing on that book. work on that book. Um, so, just tons of, uh, just a lot of people who have done a lot of great things that we've all we've read and enjoyed. And there's a couple books like I had picked up the Good Asian, um, the first trade of that, and that was nominated for best um, best miniseries. Uh, didn't win, um, but it's definitely there are definitely things to check. It's these are I always look at the win uh, the Eisner Awards as a great checklist of finding new things that you haven't been reading. Uh, uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like I, looking no reason just to go through all of them. No, I, I but, sent I sent a copy to each of you guys to see if anything popped. Yeah. Out for you. Now, even looking at it now, like best cover artist Jen Bartel, like she's an artist that when I see her work on something, I I definitely take note of it. Uh, best coloring Matt Wilson, who has been on other stuff we love, like Daredevil in the past, um, Hawkeye. Like these are no brainers. Uh, but yeah, I was talking in the pre-show stuff. I've literally forgot the Eisners were a thing because. I've just been reading comic books to enjoy comic books again for the past year. Um, and I think some of that's owed to just like that excitement of going to the comic book store instead of having it just be part of my weekly routine where I wake up and go online and see what's available on Comixology. Now, uh, Kindle books, graphic novels, like which is still just a disaster. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, James Tinian, great job. Someone that we've really been enjoying for a while now, and good to see that recognition there, though. Yeah, uh, he's been. I mean, he's been around for forever, and he's finally really worked his way. And he's had some books that we've we've loved in the past. So it's great to see him. Kelly Sue DeConnick, you mentioned as well, and she's a name that. Like, I always give, like, a little bit of problem. I'm like, see, you're on number one, and I'm like, oh, okay, I could pick up this book. But for whatever reason, I've never stuck to a Kelly Sue DeConnick book. I think Spider-Woman, when she took that over, was the only one that I, like, picked up a few issues of and then fell off of. So, but. I, 
everything else I have written down is all about MCU. Like, because that... Animated or the MCU? MCU, like, because that dominated the actual rest of the news cycle. Um, Did you want to talk about the animated stuff before we get into... Eh, Just that Marvel Zombies is apparently becoming a Disney Plus show. Yeah, that was announced after uh, they did the What If It episode uh, with the zombies. Um, but And that's kind of some of the stuff that they had talked about and then they talked about again. Because they had already announced like the Spider-Man freshman year mm-hmm. series. And, and it's getting a second season already and it's going to be called sophomore year. So again, like cool they're going ahead with that. Like Excited to see that, but that doesn't really get me going like some of the other stuff does. Um, and everything that I have here is kind of written out chronologically, um, just from what's coming out next to like that nebulous future. Uh, starting off with She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Uh, we've had the release date for a while, coming out August 17th. But we did get a poster that has a phone number on it that I haven't had a chance to call yet, because one of my favorite things to do is if I'm watching something or see something called the phone number that they have in the show or movie or on the poster. Mm. So I will be doing that eventually. I'll get around to it because it's like one eight seven seven she Hulk. Um, I'll do it. I'll report back. Uh, but we also got a new trailer that has a lot more she Hulk in it. It has some breaking the fourth wall and it ends with a little bit of a daredevil sting. Yeah. I think the daredevil sting was kind of like, but they announced that there's going to be a Daredevil show. So is it... But like, what are diff- they stinging? Like, it's not like, oh... Like, I think it kind of, like, took away yeah, a little bit from I it. think there's a difference between, like, announcing and confirming. Because we also had an announced Inhumans movie, yeah. too. Well, I mean, the, the, the other thing, too, is, I mean, we've gotten a tease. We've gotten the tease of him in Spider-Man, but uh-huh. you have a show about a Marvel lawyer. Like, why wouldn't... Yeah. Why wouldn't Daredevil pop in? Um, he's supposed to be in the Echo series, too, and then he's going to have his own series. Like, I think it's fine to maybe help educate those people who didn't watch the Netflix series or get people excited or into these things. And I think with, with this is the next show following Moon Knight and Moon Knight had no connection to the rest of the Marvel universe. So maybe they were like, we got to pop some other things in here. I keep on forgetting that I haven't seen Moon Knight. And you still haven't. Oh, really? You haven't watched it? I still haven't seen Miss Marvel, so like I had, I guess I had fallen off hard from the Marvel Disney Plus shows. Like Hawkeye's the last one I saw, and I'm like, it was fun, it was good, it was gave me some Christmas vibes esque, but I didn't. It didn't make me more excited to watch more, you know, Disney Plus television. Not like one, like. At, after WandaVision, it was kind of like a slow decline of excitement for Disney Plus shows. Like, WandaVision was so fun and so different. And just like, all right, they're 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 doing a television show. Oh, you're having another one. Nice. Yeah, John. What do you think about that? 
I think you're making a good choice in a beer. Thank you. It's good beer. So now I'm at, like at an all-time low of uh, excitement for Disney, but uh, for Disney Plus shows for for Marvel. But She-Hulk is the one that I'm going she- to get back to. She-Hulk is the X Factor book of Did the you- week. Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Did you watch Obi Wan? Yeah, that's okay. Star Wars. I know. I'm just. I, I'm just saying the Disney you, shows. Like, like I really liked WandaVision, Captain America, uh, and and Falcon and Winter Soldier, aka Captain America and Winter Soldier. It was a step down, and then what was after that? Loki. Loki, which was Loki, like which was best. okay. Wow. It was better. Loki it was. Is... It, I wanted. Okay, I wanted so, something different from you it. know spoilers for when we get to all of this for great Marvel movie retrospective Hawkeye Hawkeye was okay it gave me Christmas vibes I was kind of like I was there but just because it was Christmassy and, and I was Christmas time we talked about it before you didn't watch what if didn't watch what if mm-hmm. fell out hard from what if and then you haven't gotten into Miss Marvel yet haven't seen Moon Knight yet and haven't watched Miss Marvel yet Miss Marvel's like, fantastic like, I liked I loved Moon Knight. I liked Miss Marvel more, though. Like Miss Marvel had a lot more heart. Like everything yeah. going on, like her, like with her family and her friends. Like, I'm. It's. I am excited to see Miss Marvel. I'm more excited to see She Hulk. So, okay. hopefully, that brings me back into the Marvel Disney Plus fold. Now, are you gonna when you go to watch it? Are you gonna bring your own baggage to it and ruin it for yourself, or maybe? maybe? Okay, yeah. I can't control myself. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's kind of like I I started pulling doing the Paul thing of like watching I will watch one trailer. Uh-huh. And that's kind of it because I don't want to build anything up that isn't yeah that shouldn't be there or or spoil anything for me. So I like going in a lot more fresh. And I think the reason a lot of people didn't like uh Doctor Strange is yeah. There was so much buildup of stuff. And I think I mentioned before on the podcast, like, a guy from work came in and was like, that movie sucked. And I was like, why? What What sucked? Tom Cruise wasn't in it. And I was like, well, n- nobody said Tom Cruise was in it. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, but everybody online was saying Tom Cruise was Iron Man in it. I'm like, but because that wasn't there didn't suck they didn't tease you and say he was and then not put him in it like that's your own shit that you brought to the to it so i don't know i i try not to have anything to bring any of he was there he would just just been killed by the scarlet witch within like the first three seconds of him being there do you think tom cruise would have allowed that though or would he have been able to like Run? T-1000 <laughs> run away from that fight. But he wouldn't run away from it because he's the hero because it's Tom Cruise. And that's why Tom Cruise... This, this is a paradox. We can't... Yeah. yeah. He can't be in the movie because he can't die. And we, he can't be seen running in it, so he can't be in the movie. So, yeah. 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 There, there you go. If that, if that guy ever comes back in, John... You now have the perfect argument. And that's why we got John to circle back to talk about it. And that's why we got John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. Because they could kill him. 
It's Jeff yeah. Krasinski. Does because that. it was like Kevin Feige admitted, like, no, like the whole reason he was cast is because that's what the fans wanted. So we did it. Not necessarily that he will be Mr. Fantastic when they do the next Fantastic Four movie, but they did it to appease that fan rambling, fan casting. Like, yeah. And good on him for doing that because my movie theater like completely erupted when that happened. And Paul, I, I'm sorry that's yeah. something that you didn't get to experience by like yeah. waiting and watching at home. Granted, you had a completely different, probably more comfortable experience because as soon as but I already had that spoiled for me, like even it, before it, the movie was out. Like that's again part of it, like mm-hmm. because I went you know, within the opening weekend, and that was fresh. That wasn't something that had been spoiled. And it was one of those moments in the movie theater where he, like, you know, teleports in, and everyone starts losing their minds. And I'm like, Mordo's still talking. I I need to hear who's coming next. Why doesn't this movie theater have closed captioning on? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I... that, and that's part of the fun and problem with going to movies because it is a live experience where you're subject to surrounding and external factors. But yeah. guys, something we got a little bit more about, the upcoming and next part of the MCU, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, coming out November 11th. Uh, we got a new poster with the new like Black Panther mask and like the like the necklace medallion claw thing. Uh, but we actually got the first teaser trailer for it too, Oof. which shook me in a way that I did not expect a movie that I knew was going to be coming out for like five years now. Mm-hmm. Like it, it hit in a different way and it looks so again, based on this so good. <laughs> The music in the background was No Woman, No Cry, mm-hmm. remixed by Kendrick Lamar and uh, sung by, I don't know who was the singer. I don't, I don't know. And and it kept on going, uh, no cry, you know, no cry. Paul, and I kept on saying to the trailer, I'm trying, trailer. Paul, I'm you, trying to no cry. Paul, you cry? I cry. <laughs> you know, because, you know, it, it's it's definitely dealing with, like, it's obvious that, you know, there's going to be scenes, a funeral yeah. scene for... Chadwick Boseman and you know Black Panther, you know T'Challa, but Chadwick Boseman, and yeah. you know that's sad. Like what we're not getting is sad because Chadwick um, Boseman was great. As like I am Black Panther. I'm not crying. Like I, I'm I'm feeling it in here, but like there's the moment in the trailer where it's like Angela Bassett is the queen mm-hmm. is like. I've lost everything in my family. Like, what else do I have to give? Like, that hit, and I was like, holy yeah, shit. haven't like, I given enough? Like, yeah. And then the thing that actually did make me cry, though, confirmation, wing feet. Wing, wing feet? Not anymore. We talked about it last week, or uh-huh. two weeks ago on the show. They're, they're, they're doing it. Marvel yep. can do no wrong now. Wing feet on Namor. MCU can end. It happened. It happened. Definitely guys. Mesopotamian, like Mesopotamia, American, like like uh, garb on, you know, the uh, yeah, like, Amazonians. Like very like Mesoamerican, like very angular yeah, patterns, like yeah. like a lot of like feathers. <laughs> Again, all supposed and like mm-hmm. rumored. 
it looks so good and like much like the uh juice bomb IPA it seems like something that everyone could try to do but it could fall apart Marvel's able to do it baby yeah uh now even Shiri who who everybody you know the actress Lolita right uh, uh Letitia Wright Letitia Wright no, the fan, the people have been coming after her because you know she didn't want to get vaccinated, and then there was a COVID outbreak. Like, but when she's like there, that character's on the beach, and she just has tears falling down her face. I'm like, I'm trying, trailer. I'm trying, no cry, no cry. Um, also, it, it's been something that's been talked about and announced forever ago now. But uh, Dominique Thorne as Riri Williams, we get to see her in the role, like. There's even teasers for her being Ironheart in the teaser yeah. trailer for this, where like you see her like hammering away, and like you see like the heart in the middle like mm-hmm. drop out. Like yeah. Mar- Marvel knows what they're doing, guys. I don't know if you knew this, but after like 28 movies and like <laughs> eight TV shows, like they can seed stuff so so well. Yeah. And um, I don't know uh, where you wanted to go to next with this all, Chris. But like, just the, the announcement of their the the movie and show lineup that they had, and then Phase Six with the two Avengers movies, yeah. um, and also finally <clears throat> the Fantastic Four movie that everybody was saying was going to come in Phase Four, and here I've been waiting for it like an idiot. And it's not even coming out in the next phase. But, again, like, that was kind of the downside to this, where they had things to say about everything, but some of those things were just, like, oh, Blade's now titled The Blade. We have a release date for it. Like, there's a lot of news that was not news because it was just confirmations or release date, release window stuff. Because um, the next official thing coming out is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which we got to see a concept art poster for, but people actually in the building in Hall H at the San Diego Convention Center got to see actual footage of. But I, With Bill the, Murray? I don't know if Bill Murray was in it. <laughs> I actually didn't uh, look for any spoilers for the footage that they showed. Just based off of what Marvel's done before, when they've released footage for San Diego Comic-Con, that footage has never actually appeared online. And anytime it does pop up, it instantly gets like squashed. Like They cut it. You don't get to see it. Um, I saw like a screenshot where it's... Uh, Paul Rudd as Scott Lang, like it looks like he's in a book signing or book reading where he's got like a copy of his memoirs there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's all I need to see because I've already seen this concept art that does have Ant-Man wasp. It has uh, Kang in the background, like hovering over the them yeah. looking like comic realistic Kang. Like he's got the headdress and like the, the lines on his face. But then also, confirmed that 
Scott's daughter Cassie is going to be suiting up. And I don't know if they said if she's going to be going by stature in this because that was her Young Avengers persona. But, you know, Cassie's going to be joining the family. And I'm so excited to see and hear all this because they also confirmed that everybody else is still going to be coming back. How can you call the Fantastic Four the MCU's first family when we already have like Scott Lang and crew that are just completely knocking it out of the park and selling me on what I love about Ant-Man? Like, Paul, you talked about yeah. your book coming up for this month's monthly look back is going to be Ant-Man. And you were like, oh, I don't know if you guys want to read an Ant-Man book. It looks like it's a 70s book. I'm like, yeah, I it's an Ant-Man book. Like I thought about picking all of these up as it was. So sign me up. Yeah, I was, I was, I was thinking about that book, uh, to pick up and, uh, the champions book that you're picking up next week. Like those both would have been my picks. Excuse me. as I yawn through that. No worries. Um, similar to Ant-Man quantum mania, um, guardians of the galaxy volume three coming out May 5th this year. Or next year, I should say. Um, we got, like, the updated official logo for it. Mm-hmm. And same thing. They showed some footage there. We're not going to see it. We're just lowly fans. We didn't yeah. wait hours did. in, a, in a convention center to to check it out. But, you know, it's, it's cool. Like, I love me some Guardians. I love the fact that I can go on Cosmic Rewind down the road hella fun roller coaster um that's gonna have to be enough to hold me over until we get this uh, outside we, wait, of group. do we get wait do we get the holiday special before that movie they didn't actually like show off or give anything from the holiday I, special but the I, holiday I think we I, special I, is this I year think the yeah, holiday right? special is actually i think it got pushed back and it'll be next year's christmas not this coming christmas but uh, they, fil- they already had everything filmed. Like, Somebody's ruining I saw my Christmas. For it. But we we did get the trailer for the Groot shorts that are coming out. Which yeah, in the animated. Looks uh, a lot of fun. Second. I do have to say, when Disney Plus does put out these shorts, <laughs> I sit down, I watch them all in an afternoon, and at the end I'm like, wow, those were so well done. I love them so much. I wish there were more because this just happened with the Baymax ones that they put out this month. Adorable. Fantastic. Love them. But again, I sat down and just watched them all in like one, like half hour sitting because they're all like five minutes. And now I, I don't have any more. I'm going to do the same thing with Groot. I know it is. It's on me for doing that, but the Rocket Raccoon cute. Groot shorts that they did uh, a while ago are pretty fun to watch too. This is like the Groot one. I'm looking forward to sitting down and watching it with my son. Like, yeah. Uh, Paul, thoughts on Groot? I probably will forget that it comes out there unless it's like pushes. You know, I, I just you'll, you'll have to watch it for a retrospective, so you'll get okay. to it eventually. Um, this is where we start to run into the stuff that we already knew about that they just talked about because they talked about it. Um, Secret Invasion confirmed for spring 2023. Uh, Echo, again, 
confirmed for summer 2023. Loki season two confirmed summer 2023. Uh, Marvels, we have the official release date now, July 28th, 2023. Yeah. Um, well, the new yeah. official release date, because remember when Stan Lee's voice said, we'll see you back in the theaters. You know, that, that you know, trailer right before Black Widow came out, like, that that thing. They had all these dates in there, and now they've all been pushed back or and rearranged, so. Yeah, a lot of stuff fell back. Yeah, COVID, COVID crushed all that stuff. Yep, yep. Uh, Ironheart, again, we already knew this was the thing. We got to see Riri in the Wakanda Forever trailer. But confirmed... Uh, Ironheart coming out fall of 2023. Blade, I'm sorry, the Blade. Uh, Is it called the Blade? Because the I haven't seen that anywhere. The Blade, uh, November 3rd, 2023. Uh, the Agatha Harkness show. I don't know if this was announced before. This but is the first time it was announced, it. as far uh, as I know. Well, we knew it was getting a show. This is the first time we're getting the actual title of the show, which is Coven of Chaos. Winter. 2023 2023. slash 2024. So I believe it's going to be that start in Christmas. This is going to be our Hawkeye. Oh, I hope it has the the holiday feel. So, Paul, we'll kind of watch it. it. Uh, But then after that kind of what Paul had talked about before, and this was already kind of leaked and announced, but Daredevil Born Again, uh, the Disney Plus take on Daredevil, everybody coming back for it. I think the biggest thing about this, though, is 18 episodes. So I think this is the length of, like, two and a half seasons of Netflix's Daredevil, all in one shot, which... Oh yeah, give me more Daredevil because I effing loved that Netflix show. Yeah, no, I was I was a fan of it. I'm happy to see um, I'm happy to see I can't think of the actor's name now coming back coming back for it. Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox. Um, we already knew we were going to be getting Captain America four, but we now have the subtitle for it with New World Order. Uh, May 3rd, 2024, so Captain America sticking with that May release date. Um, I don't have his name available, but they also did announce prior to San Diego Comic-Con a director announced for it as well, Um, which always kind of baffles me on that Marvel side of things where they have so much stuff that they announce and release and start hyping you up for. But then they're like, oh, this movie that we've already been talking about and leading up to, we just got the director for it. Look forward to it coming out in two years. Seems like a <laughs> lot of work for like them to just like throw it at somebody and then be like, and we already have a date locked in for this, so hit the ground running. Uh, but then after that, we have our next release, which is Thunderbolt, something that has been talked about by the fan community for a while with July 26th, 2024. And I do feel like they've been seeding this 
for a while now between the movies and the Disney Plus shows. Like, I was never a big fan of the like- Thunderbolts like comics, but I look forward to seeing like the MCU take on it. What movies have teased it? Like the Disney Plus shows, you know, with Captain uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then with uh, Hawkeye, with uh, the woman from Seinfeld that I can't think of the name of. Julia Louise Dreyfus. But Madame Ask. I think. Is that Madame Ask, though? Isn't that. Yeah, it's like Von. um, Valentina de Fontaine. Like, I can't remember her full name. Um, I think, talking about the movies, I think the singer that they had at the end of Black Widow with Yelena, Solnot Hawkeye, I think that was like the first seating. I think, like, the Yelena version of Black Widow's going to be part of this team. Right. Um, Paul, you haven't seen Thor yet, but I think there's a character introduced uh. there that's going to be the like answer mm-hmm. to Thor in like a Thunderbolts. Um, but then same thing. I think we're going to be seeing like, and Taika uh, Waikiki just loves playing Korg. He just loves <laughs> he does. it. I, I mean, I, I know we didn't, we didn't talk about it and I know spoilers because everyone else has seen it except you, but the fact that Thor was like, or not Thor, Korg was the overarching villain, like for all the Thor movies, like how they just sold that and like, yeah, retroactively canonized it. Like, it hit hard in a way that I didn't expect it to, but you know, I never thought the stones from that first Thor movie were actually part of Korg. Yeah, he pooped the, them the out. I mean, the fact that he the, pooped them out and they showed it in graphic detail in that movie, like wow! Like the, when the destroyer blasts in that little no no nothing town of uh, Nevada, North uh, what is it? New Mexico? New Mexico. Uh, that that actually brings Korg to life. I'm like who knew? Who knew? Yeah, and then his first thing was like, oh, oh, I'll go to take a poop. And then mm-hmm. poops yeah. out Infinity Stones. It's, and it's he was weird. born through the Destroyer, so he has to be the Destroyer. But, I'm going to spoil it for you. They actually talk about where Korg comes from in in the movie. Um, but guys, A really bad game of rock, paper, scissors that just went on for there's, so long. There's references to rock, paper, on. scissors in the movie, Paul. Oh my gosh, you're spoiling Thor for yourself. <laughs> Um, but then the next one that Paul's most excited for, November 8th, 2024, we get Fantastic Four. How many times is this movie going to get pushed back? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm asking. It's going to keep uh, getting pushed back until they have people cast and directors for it and the story written. Like, Well, luckily, Chris, we have director, a director for the next movie coming out for... The Avengers secret is that Kang, Di- Wars or? Kang, Dynasty Kang Dynasty is the first one, uh, May second, and then Avengers Secret Wars November seventh. So within Kang Dynasty being like directed by months. the guy from Shang Chi, who I don't know the name of, but the director of Shang Chi is directing. Daniel Dustin Crit. I don't have the name in front of me because I didn't do that research, but I will go run to the restaurant. That's oh, okay. Looked it up. You're allowed to, because because this, uh, yeah, Dustin Daniel Cren, because uh, John, this is what you had brought up at the beginning, where two Avengers movies announced, confirmed, they got dates. Yeah. Uh, Thoughts. Kang Dynasty. I mean, I was like, yeah, I'm sold for that. And then a lot of people had been talking. <clears throat> 
Secret Wars was going to be a big thing, but I think it's going to be a like a part one, part two kind of a a thing. Like you're going to have Kang, and then Kang's going to bring in all the different versions of these superheroes to fight against each other. Like uh, it's not a perfect analogy, but I imagine this like Infinity War and Endgame where like they're kind of I don't want to say flipped, but you have like the New World Order, like Endgame was at the beginning with the Kang Dynasty. Like we're jumping into like how the world is, and then it's going to be Secret Wars to set things back to how it should be. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's how I how I view it. Like we're going to be leading into. Kang Dynasty where everything's gone to shit and Secret Wars yeah. is going to fix it. And I I really like Jonathan Majors as an actor, so I'm glad to see that he's going to be part of this Marvel universe for a while. I'm like I'm glad that he has the Kang face in the poster like I I'm glad that you yeah. could get a good version of him I'm, as well or and you could get an Iron Lad-esque character like there's so many different things that you can do with him, and he's such a diverse actor that I'm I'm great. Yeah. So okay, Paul's Paul's out of the room. I'm going to say this before he comes back, and like he'll have to hear this when he edits it. I, I'm shocked that Paul did not like Loki that much. Loki's my favorite of the Disney Plus series, and a lot of it just rests on the fact that like when you actually have Jonathan Majors pop up as Kang at the end, and like. They're sitting in his like throne room. It's Loki, Sylvie, and Kang talking. And he's just like, oh, did you hear that? That was the moment. Everything that happens next. I don't know. Like He yeah. sells it so much and so bonkers and so crazy. Like I need more yeah, of that. And, even, and we're going to be getting uh, it. He's an actor who can play like evil. He can play the hero. He is a, a great actor. So I'm looking forward to all these different versions that we're going to get of of Kang. So no, I'm excited. I'm I knew these movies were coming out. We now have a an actual date for them because everything got s- screwed up for the last couple years, but we have the dates for these movies. And I'm looking f- looking forward and to it. Also- looking forward to the things that are going to be added into all of these as well. That's really what I'm excited for too and it was a huge announcement when we had Infinity Wars Part 1 and 2 announced, like, years ago at San Diego Comic-Con. Because, wow, two Avengers movies a year apart. Well, now here we are, like, six, seven months apart. They haven't announced what's happening in between. And I'm sure there's going to be some, like, delay between some of the... Bless you, Paul. Some of the Disney Plus stuff, like... But Daredevil Born Again's not going to be leading into anything that happens in Kang Dynasty or Secret Wars. If it does, holy crap, I was wrong. I'm going to go find a crow and like buy it, barbecue it, and eat it. But I do really want to know what else that they're going to be announcing that's going to kind of like lead up, seed into, pay off out of some of this stuff yeah. that they can't say yet because who knows what else is in the works and it's something that's been talked about 
on a lot of other websites or podcasts or YouTube channels is we're now getting a lot more Marvel content than we've had previously. And that might be part of the burnout that people are feeling because, yeah, phase one, we had four or five movies that totaled in maybe 12 hours of content. Mm -hmm. Now you get 12 hours of content from one movie and one Disney Plus show. And then there's like eight other things coming out that year that all lead into like the same story. Um, I'm okay with it though. I I feel the burnout. I'm sorry, Paul. I'm just going to piggyback on Chris is saying like, I really feel like the burnout isn't coming from the Marvel stuff, but it's from everybody else doing bad like comic book movies that it's like, Oh, I saw this Mm -hmm. and I saw this. Oh yeah. That was really bad. Like, Oh yeah, that was really bad. And, for the most part, I mean, Marvel movies are always kind of fun and entertaining. They don't have... There are some clunkers in there. Um, but it just feels like they really... Not that they can do no wrong, but they kind of figured out the formulas and do it pretty well. Yeah. And nobody else has been able to figure that out, but they're throwing as much stuff as they can out there. Mor- you know, Morbius is like a big example of just like throwing crap out there. And Morbius just being a pale comparison of their Venom movie that they did. I do have to say that with the Marvel stuff so far, like just with uh, just because I'm still salty about Multiverse of Madness. So you didn't like uh, Multiverse? Kate You're salty did. about it? I'm salty about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little annoyed about it. Uh, Paul. Yes, Chris. He- Pizza Papa's always gets paid. Yeah, he always gets paid. But uh, Kate did not see No Way Home. And I don't feel like there was anything that she needed to see from No Way Home to keep up. And how quickly... Like, like who are these kids? And I, If you didn't see WandaVision, I think you might have been a little lost. Oh, yeah. I, I 100%. But... It's like that villain turn is so quick that it's like, okay, she has these kids that weren't created. Like, who are these kids? Whatever. Um, They mentioned Westview. And you just, like, get over yourself and just move on. Like, okay, there's something else that happened. I missed it. I'm now at this movie. Like, maybe there's you you can leave some of this stuff behind and, like, just get caught up with the movie that you want to see. Like, maybe it doesn't need to be... You can still enjoy the movie without being seeing everything. But I did want to mention, to jump off of what Chris said before Chris started, said something else, and before you jumped on uh, to, to mention something, uh, the the holes in it. there. I, I think there's a gaping hole in, that's left a, kind of a web in my mind that there's no Spider-Man listed in any of that, the, that section. Do we really believe that Marvel and Sony are, are going to leave that money on the table still? Like, do you think Spider-Man is going to show I, up in Phase 6? Or somewhere in Phase 5 still? At this point, we still haven't had an actual Spider-Man like announcement. Like, I think that's still all very up in the air. Um, we know Sony's doing their own thing because, yeah, they're still going ahead with 
like Madam Web. Craven, getting- Madam Web. Like we we did talk about it in We Can Geek, but like Adam there's Scott. set photos like coming out from it. Um, I don't care though. And one of the rumors I saw online, and I kind of hope this is true. I don't know if it will be, but it's going to turn like Madam Web into like a different multiverse movie where they're going to start bringing in different like Spider Woman and Spider Girls, and that's how they're going to have like. Like Spider Gwen or like Ghost Spider, whatever you refer to her as, like Spider Woman, um, and Silk pop up, and that's how like they're going to start to build their own like coterie of Spider heroes if they don't get to use Spider Man, which I'm okay with that because that makes more sense than having Venom, Craven, and Morbius as your like marquee heroes. Oh, and Vulture heroes. Michael Keaton's just going to pop up whatever you pay him to be in. One of, again, another rumor that I saw is like DC didn't want to announce anything else because they're waiting for Michael Keaton to agree to coming back to be Batman because they're going to be completely relaunching like the Batman 89 universe. And that's like why they haven't announced anything else because they're waiting for that to happen. I um, people, man. I don't get it. But you can, people can wait. They, it's fine. But you can keep waiting. I I think Marvel and Tom Holland at this point are just waiting for Sony to realize, like, yeah, we do better and make more by teaming up with Marvel than just doing our own side thing before we get another Spider-Man announcement. And... Yeah. I think it's a hard lesson that they're going to have to learn by continuing to put out stuff that underperforms or even if it does perform well, like Venom, because people are still turning out to see those movies and they're doing well, but it's not $2 billion box office worldwide. Like Sony, even like 25% of that is more than a Venom or Morbius or a Craven or a Madam Web's going to make. Like, they just need, need to, like, realize that and sign the check. Like, yeah. Well, it's like both Venom movies, the villain is another Venom symbiont that's the exact same character. Morbius yeah. is fighting another vampire creature who has the exact same vampire powers as him. The Craven the Hunter, it's not, um, it's Craven's son, who is the star of it, so then everybody's like, well, knowing Sony's track record, he's going to fight his father, who has the same powers as him. Like, uh. they need to get all, you know, <laughs> they need to figure something else out with it. And I did hear, Chris, that, like, the Madam Web was just, like, the fake name that they're putting out there, and it's going to be, like, Spider Women or the something like that, where it is going to be Ghost Spider. Um, Silk and Spider Woman for that movie. Oh, Madam of Webs, <laughs> Madam Web. Um, so yeah, like I'm not the first one to come up with that, not. right? Uh, but yeah, it just seems like Sony just can't get their stuff together, and I think I think Tom Holland wants to have not have to worry about doing another Spider Man movie every couple of years. For so right now. Give him, give him a little, 
give him a little time off. Um, but yeah. But you know, I did some quick Google foo. Venom did eight hundred fifty-six million dollars worldwide. Yeah, that makes money. Venom: Let There Be Carnage five hundred six million. A lot of money, but total that's one point three billion. Spider-Man alone did two billion. Like that's. Wouldn't you rather have that than have to... Wait, which Spider-Man? Spider-Man uh, no, Way no Way Home? Okay. Yeah. Plus, when you... oh, the, the two other Spider-Man movies that also did over a billion yeah. dollars. Like, well, I didn't want to... Because, you know, with the yeah. COVID numbers, you know, it's, it's different. I didn't want to, like, punish... Venom 2 because it came out during No, yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home 1.9 billion worldwide Uh, I'm trying to see if And how much did Spider-Man what was it? Far Far From Home do? Far From Home was the next one that did 1.1 billion Okay, so it actually increased versus Venom which dropped by almost half, okay And then Spider-Man No Way Home or no, home, yeah. Homecoming. Homecoming. Sorry, that was the first yeah. one. No Way Home is the second one. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming did $880 million. So even yeah, so the lesser-performing Spider-Man movie still did more than the best-performing yeah. Venom movie. Yeah. So Sony wants that money. Because at that How point... How are they going to afford to make the rest of their it, Spider-Verse movies? How, how, how do you make <laughs> the Vulture... How do you do the chameleon movie, guys? What about the my silver sable uh, and black uh, cat? Yeah, yeah, the black, silver and black, black and silver. <sighs> Again, and that's the thing. Like, I don't want to see those movies. I want to see Spider Man. Like, as a Spider yeah. fan, who's a fan of the Spider Fam? Yeah, okay. Ah. Um, yeah. I love those characters. I want more of that Spider Man universe, though. Like, yeah. Gibby, I'm waiting to give you my money. And if you're willing to give us your review, please do over on iTunes, Spotify, Podcatcher, Podcloud, Blueberry, Blackberry, wherever you listen to this. Oh, I don't think you liked Blackberry. Blueberry? What was it? What was the beer you had? You're like, "Eh, it's fine. It's fine. The the Blueberry uh, Blonde Ale from Saranac. It's fine. Uh, Leave us a review just like that. It's fine. It doesn't matter. I just want to see some interaction. Email us over at bagnaboardcast at gmail.com. Uh, we have a Facebook. We have Instagrams. Uh, you comment on some Instagram stuff. That'd be great. Like something. Please. That's a call for action. 